All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Time to get a little emo for open mic night here. Something producer Brandon knows all about with a week five acrostic here. So, gentlemen, G is for the team that's got to get a dub. O for the trip overseas by the team I love. L Mm. for the squad that's got no chance to win. I is for the game you just can't force yourself to tune in. And C, for the matchup, you simply cannot miss. So let's turn it over to the Golics so they can break down all of this. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. Slam poetry Emerson Lazzi is showing up to the party right now. If you think I wrote that, you would be wrong. Producer Slate. No, yeah. yeah, Producer Slate was was much more emotional than me. All that was missing was that large coffee cup sitting on, on a table next to you. I know, I know. I needed to, like, don all black here. We needed the mic stand. I needed, like, eye shadow and, like, the Jimmy <laughs> Butler comb over, you know? But. I was just going to say, Jimmy <laughs> Butler would be very proud of your effort. I can't think of slam poetry and not think of 21 Jump Street. Cynthia, you are dead. You are dead. Baba beep boop. But instead, no. We don't have that. We don't have 21. As we have... Emerson beautifully laid out there. Our week five acrostic. Going to try something new here, Dad, as we look ahead to the weekend and give you the Golic method that he just laid out for looking at the slate that we've got here. So, as he mentioned, Dad, let's start this off. As we look at week five in the NFL, the gotta-have-it game, the team who's already in must-win mode for this weekend here. I'm going to go a little bit of a different route because I think we think of must-win in terms of what's on the on the line for your season, what's at stake, where you're at currently. I'm going to go a little bit more of the pride on the line here. We saw a renewed effort from the New York Jets this past week against the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw the best of Zach Wilson so far in this season as he's taken over for the injured Aaron Rodgers. But remember, going back to this offseason, the Jets' chief opponent was not injury. These things had not yet entered our thought process. No, their chief opponent 
was Sean Payton out here talking his trash. Sean Payton, who trashed Nathaniel Hackett and the staff from the Denver Broncos last year that was on their way out, mentioned some of what had gone on in New York, drew the ire of Rob Sala as a head coach, drew the ire of Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback there, certainly got Nathaniel Hackett in front of a microphone a little bit more steamed than we would have expected. I think for the Jets, this has to be a dub. The Denver Broncos defenses look dreadful most of this year. We just talked to Chase. Daniel, it hasn't been a Russell Wilson problem, and we haven't heard much more from Sean Payton since, but he came out here, pointed directly at everyone in your building, and said, it's you, hi, you're the problem, it's you. So I feel like the Jets got to go out here and put on for the guys in their building right now and get this dub against the Broncos team that looks right for the picking. All right, I'm going to go with the uh, a couple of one and three teams here, and I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. They're at Arizona. Arizona, I don't think, is obviously going to have a great year, I don't believe, but they're proving to be a tough out uh, for other teams as well. Cincinnati, there's been a lot of expectations, including this guy who picked him to go to the Super Bowl. They're sitting at one and three. The Ravens are sitting at three and one. Pittsburgh and Cleveland at two and two. Shockingly enough, with Joe Burrow, a quarterback, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, this offense that they have, they are dead last, dead last in the NFL on yards per game. It blows my mind, but I still think this is a team that has the talent to be one of the better teams. We're getting It's getting to that point where, okay, the first couple of games, we know we've read the stats, but as we go, time may be running out here a little bit for them. I think this is a must win. And you know what? Cincinnati's quarterback, Joe Burrow, agrees with me. We got to go in and get a win on the road. We haven't had a road win yet. We've, we've prided ourselves on the road. We're playing a really good football team, good defense, good scheme. You know, we need it for our morale. We need it for the rankings. We need it for everything. Yeah, and dead Joe Burrow, no stranger to forcing himself back in games where he know they've got to win. When they were facing the 3 start, Joe Burrow pulled himself off the mat, refused to be out for that week, and made it happen. This, to me, is still going to boil more down to because people are going to talk, and I've seen more discussion about Joe Burrow's overall decision-making at this point, yada, yada. It's based on the calf. Like Joe Burrow is a player that thrives in being able to create even outside the pot. He's a great pocket passer, all these right. things. But when you lose the confidence in that portion of your body, especially as a quarterback, your base to be able to go out there and make the plays you're used to, you saw it in a very, I think, overt sense last night. Khalil Herbert went with the ankle injury in the Bears game, went out there and tried to test it and went for a toss and immediately knew, like went down quick and realized, I'm not going to be able to plan on this thing. I'm not going to be able to do it. Joe's not asked to be that dynamic, but when your base is compromised, it makes you start thinking about everything else a little more. This is going to fall back on Lou Anarumo and that defense. Can they go out and make it happen? Because we've seen the Cardinals defense bow up and bully lesser unit or excuse me, better units than what they're going to face against this Cincinnati Bengals offensive front. So very worried about this one because, like you said, the Cardinals are a live, live dog this season. Let's go overseas, Dad. The Jacksonville Jaguars continue their residence over in London. They paid their second straight game over there. They're five-and-a-half-point dogs to the Buffalo Bills in London. Uh, we've got the Jags tail of the tape here. Von Miller actually on the trip right now, Dad. Great news for yep. Buffalo is he's back in his practice window trying to ramp up to return to play coming off that knee injury from last season. The Bills have looked like the best team in football so far this year, Dad. What do you make of the Jags' chances? America's team, the Jacksonville well, Jaguars, as Emerson listens with bated breath right now if we're going to slander his team in front of him or not. If, if we're looking at one of the surprising teams on, on the negative 
side. Jacksonville's going to have to be there, right? Everybody in that division is sitting at two and two after what Jacksonville did last year, where they got what they did in the playoffs. The thought was to take that next step, the team they're building around Trevor Lawrence there, and they have, have slipped up a little bit and not looked like that team that we thought. So again, we're at the quarter pole. So can they start to improve? But now they're hitting a team because this is what we do week to week that are now saying, are they the best in football after what, what Buffalo did to Miami, yes. what 48 to 20, just absolutely smoked them. So are they're right now they're the best team. So they travel over to London. We keep talking about traveling. Jacksonville stayed there for the week as they played there last week. Uh, and then they stayed for the week. So, now they are used to being over there. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. They but better you have get to, used to it. Yeah, but no, that's not going to happen. That's I, never going to happen. I'm not going to happen. I, I never ever say never ever. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. I, you you being out on London, I think, is quietly one of your worst takes. I can't believe you don't okay. see the writing on the wall on this. I, I the writing. The, some may want that writing on the wall. Overall, when you start, you know, making the list of pros and cons, I just do not. You know, you know who some are the people yeah. that make all the decisions and have all the money around the National Football League. Would they? Want want something something tends to get done here jacksonville duval i like all your stadium renderings i want this for you but it feels like all the rich people in the nfl want your team to play ball over in london with Uh a division over there and i feel like eventually they always get what they want i'll just i'll just say uh decide what you're willing to lose because we'll make a bet on that one that'll be a down the road bet i don't think that that ever happens but more importantly can they get this win against you know arguably the best team in all of football right now and start to show that they're on the right path buffalo is hot right now doing the overseas trip though though it's become obviously a little more commonplace and it's it's not that far of a trip when you're talking if you went east coast to west coast anyway uh, i still like the bills in this one they're, they're playing hot right now uh, I, I think it's going to be a tough one for Jacksonville. Yeah, I would go Bills mine. I would go Bills in the points in this one. Yeah. Like if we're picking these games here, Dad, the Bengals we talked about three point favorites on the road again. I think in a desperation situation, I'd take that. But I would also say here the be- the Bills and Josh Allen. He's playing his best football right now. He's taking what the defense gives him. I think that's too much. I would also take the Bills and give the points on this front too. What about you? Uh, I, I would take the Bills and give the points as well. I, I think it's going to be a little too much for Jacksonville. I am interested to see what ends up when or Jacksonville ends up going this year and how far they end up going. But I still don't Columbia. think they're amongst. Stop it! I still don't think they're among uh, the elite yet in the league. So, I, and I think that shows here. By the way, I figured out the bet I want. If the NFL ends up putting a team full time in London, I get to shave your head. Shave my head. Yeah, I want to I mean, shave your head bald. I want his... that beautiful head of hair of yours bald. <laughs> so, so what am I going to do on your side that would match that? I can't do that already. You shave his you back. Can you can shave his back. How about I'll, that? I'll, oh, yeah, I mean, oh, that would be, that would be more on. torture for him. What do you? What do you want? I'm, I'm supposed to. I, that means I won the bet. I'm shaving his back. <laughs> Come on, uh, man. You can. You disgusting. can. You can pick out the worst toupee in the world, and I'll wear it around for an, a weekend out, or wear it in public somewhere. <laughs> yes. You can. You know what? You can figure out the terms of yours. I'll give you that as an idea. But if they put a team in London and you're so damn confident you shouldn't be worried about me getting the clippers out here and shaving that beautiful head of harriers wow yeah i shouldn't because i don't think it's going to happen now you're going to shave are you going to get it down to the nubs and then shave it completely bald or just give me like a big time buzz cut 
No, I want you. I want like I won't. I won't yeah. pick it. I won't actually take the straight razor to it. But I'm giving you a low buzz cut. You're gonna look as bald as you've looked since you were a little no. baby. Well, no, it, it would actually look like when I was a, a rookie at the Houston Oilers and I got my head shaved. So uh, I know that feeling. Okay, I have to think of something on your side of, of how bad it's going to be. But uh, I am confident it's not going to happen. So I'll take that side of the bet and I'll think of the other side. God, I can't wait to hold those clippers. Let's look ahead. That uh, sound, you know what? You sound kind of mean. Yeah, you you that. do. I mean, you you seem like you're really into this. I'm like, what is I mean, going I'm your, on? Where I'm is your this? father? Yeah, my father, who's routinely made jokes about my hair on this program and been like a yesterday. living foil for my follically yeah. challenged Listen, nature. Yes, so not my yes, fault you're this bald. is deeply personal, and I want to destroy that hair. All right, boy, that's Emerson. The vitriol is just. Junior, stunned. Yeah, go for a walk or something, too. Go yeah. eat something. Hey, like go, this is you and LaGreca, go arm and arm yeah. for a walk. Go, huh? or, or in the words of Senior, go have a Coke and smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to change a damn thing at this point. Instead, I'm going to roll right into the team that look is most likely. Let's get to the L in Golic. The team that's most likely to take an L this weekend. And Dad, this is based on very little real analysis and more just on the vibes of the universe that I know to be true. Because there are very few things that were surprising about last weekend for the Tennessee Titans. The Titans being able to go in against Joe Burrow and this banged up Bengals team, make life a living hell for a team that was expected to be one of the best teams in the NFL this year, and find a way to get a win in a season that's been tumultuous on offense for them to say the least and the least surprising thing again this week would be them finding a way to lose to the Anthony Richardson-led Indianapolis Colts as a letdown coming off that. We mentioned the offense has been a struggle this year for the Tennessee Titans. This Colts defense, I think, has some stuff to them. And Anthony Richardson potentially getting Jonathan Taylor back in that backfield. I know in terms of, I think, completion percentage over expectation, Anthony Richardson is dead last in professional football right now. But I've seen enough flashes of what looked like quality throws as the consistency grows as that run game continues to be the focal point and as the Tennessee Titans are still what they are on offense the other side would not be surprised at all and would actually pick the uh, the Colts to win this game. Wow, that uh, that's going out there a little bit. Okay, especially is it you is there any chance of JT getting back? They have 21 days to get him back, but he was talking about playing on Sunday. He's practicing this week, so uh and, and I don't think we've heard yet on what's going on. I would be somewhat surprised if he played, in all honesty. I would, too. I would, too. But in general, I just still think, based on the cosmic for usually my thought process with a lot of NFL picks is, what's the funniest thing that could happen in this situation? And the Colts somehow managing to win this game, given the circumstances, would definitely be up there. Well, my L is going to the uh, the New York Giants. I mean, mm. a team that got smoked last, uh, what was it, Monday by Seattle, they're, they're, I don't see them coming out of the funk they're in. Occasionally they can. Obviously, we saw what Chicago did, so we know it's possible to do. But by the way, they're going to play a Miami team that just got absolutely smoked by Buffalo. So they're feeling the sting of that, uh, giving up 48 points to that team and only putting 20 on the board. So I think Miami is going to absolutely come out uh, humming for this one. And what's interesting to me in this is Wink Martindale, obviously oh, an yeah. excellent defensive coordinator, well-known defensive coordinator, now with the Giants, spent a lot of years with the Ravens, when he was talking about what it was like preparing for this Miami offense. My wife uh, called me last night before she went to bed. She, she's 
said she was worried about me. She said, are you getting any sleep? I said, yeah, I'm sleeping like a baby. Every two hours I wake up and cry and <laughs> go to the bathroom and try to go back and get some more sleep. Uh, I mean, that's that's unbelievable. I mean, that's just, it's unbelievable. It's, but but that's where this league's heading. But, you know, but, you know with some of the other scores, the points have been up pretty, pretty high. I mean, just think about that. In all honesty, you know, as, as we just had Chase Daniel on and, and we've all been around the game long enough to know the system of, okay, your game ends and you start working on the next game. So you're Wink Martindale and you start working on that Miami offense and just be going, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, yeah. where, where do we start here? Who, who are we taking away? What, what are we doing? So uh, I loved that comment, sleeping like a baby up every two hours, going to the bathroom and crying. That was, that was awesome. But I, just, I mean, I, finally- I just don't see the Giants winning this one. <laughs> Finally, someone with a realistic assessment of how yeah. babies actually sleep. That exactly. might be the most in- inaccurate idiotism we've had in society is the idea of sleeping like a baby. Most friends I know, babies sleep like absolute hell during the early yep. going of their life. So exactly. Wink Martindale feeling the heat of that one because, yeah, I'd agree. This this one definitely from a win-loss standpoint as far as what's going on in the field seems like the most obvious candidate, which also means much like when the Cardinals play the Cowboys, yep. let's all prepare ourselves <laughs> for Wink Martindale and the Giants as their backs against the wall to somehow beat the Dolphins and have them go and slide. Dad, let's get to I, the ick game that's going to be a difficult watch this weekend. To me, it's Saints-Patriots. You got Derek Carr limping into this with the injured shoulder from last weekend, an offense that's already struggled, even getting Alvin Kamara back. You've got the Patriots offense with Mac Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien that has not been able to get on the same page. And you've got two really good defenses. Like, I know... For the Patriots, you lose, lose Christian Gonzalez. You have to go make the trade for J.C. Jackson because your secondary is a bit banged up. But that side of the ball and what the Saints have on defense are going to make this an absolute rock fight. And I know you're into that, but I'm not. So this one's going to be a tough one. Yeah, I know you're. I know you've never been into that one. And I almost picked that game, but I decided to go Jets at Denver. So, and, and I'm not a, a full stats guy, but I found this kind of interesting given what Russell Wilson and that offense went through last year. Of the Jets' offense and defense and the Broncos' offense and defense, you know what the highest rated of all all four of those side of the ball is? It's the Denver offense. They're rated the highest. And remember, the Jets were talking about having this historic defense, or at least one of the players was. They're 21st in the league. But the sides of the ball, the Jets' offense is 30th, and the Denver defense is dead last at 32nd. Have a ball with this game. This could be one of the uglier games that we've ever seen, which means, of course, it could be the, one of the greatest games we've ever seen, too. But just the, the matchup of how these teams are playing. And I agree with Chase, by the way, when he was on talking about the offense for Denver is actually doing decently. It's their defense, which they've leaned on for a bit. It's playing awful, just awful ball right now. This has the makings of a real direct game, one that when Scott Hansen is uh, – enjoying the red zone time that we don't see a whole lot of this game. No, I do think the Jets win outright, though. I think that Denver defense has become too, too much of a liability. Yep. I think this is another soft landing spot for Zach Wilson to put together a string of positive performances that maybe give that defense a little bit of hope. Dad, you and I both had the same C game. Can't miss game of the week here. Yeah. It's the most obvious one in football. Cowboys at Niners this weekend in a matchup that feels like it could very easily be the NFC Championship. Coming up later this year, the Cowboys had the setback against the Cardinals a while ago. The 49ers 
Steelers have played clean football all year. Dan, I think the most important thing for me here, it seems like, and I know Dak Prescott and a lot of these guys didn't want to jinx it, but the Cowboys on track to have their starting offensive line from before the season all on the field together potentially this weekend for the first time. And I think we saw in that Cardinals game where they were missing three starters, there's no bigger delta between team performance than the Cowboys when healthy up front with an offensive line that they've rebuilt into one of the big the team league's best and the team when they're banged up and compromised at that position. Listen, I, I think everybody's looking forward to the side of the ball of this Dallas defense, which is, I believe, second in the league right now and perhaps the defensive player of the year, Micah Parsons, against this offense for San Francisco, which is, by the way, second uh, in, in the second or third in the NFL in the weapons that they have. Again, you heard Chase Daniel on here saying he does think Brock Purdy is elite. I think Brock Purdy is playing unbelievably well and has just a string of talent and a great coach as well. But you have to give Brock Purdy the, the credit uh, that he's due for that as well. But they are just loaded, absolutely loaded on the offensive side of the ball. So this one of the better sides of the ball matchups we're going to see this year in the San Francisco offense and the Dallas defense. I was really surprised at the Dallas game against Arizona, but that's going to happen in the NFL. That's why you don't see undefeated teams normally. And the last one was in 1972. But what a matchup we're looking for. The star power in this game is immense. Yeah, I, I think for this one, the health of Micah Parsons, who's been banged up this yeah. week, is going to go a long way in that. If he's not fully ready to go in this game, I have very real fears for Dallas. But if he's healthy and good to go, Dad, Dallas is getting three and a half in this game, and I'm inclined to take it. I think this is going to be an absolute knockdown drag out fight between two pretty similar teams here. And for Dak Prescott, what a great opportunity to step up here. You're always going to be a lightning rod figure in this league. You've taken great care of the football and are going to have to again in this game and be the difference going up against that Brock Purdy. Let's get to college football next. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice-cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there and you get to that little clubhouse there and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. All right, time to turn our attention to the college game with our Modelo College Football Weekend Preview. Brought to you by Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Guys, there's... Texas, Oklahoma, Maryland, Ohio State, Kentucky, Georgia. Week six sneakily becoming here a huge weekend for conference races. 
and the college football playoff push, which includes y'all's Irish in prime time. We mentioned it yesterday for the third straight weekend against an undefeated opponent, Junior. Yeah, uh, not since the Notre Dame-Ohio State weekend where we had that unbelievable six ranked-ranked matchups going into the weekend. Have we had one on paper this good going into it? And, Dad, let's start with that Notre Dame game here. Notre Dame on the road at Louisville. Notre Dame a six-point favorite in this game on the road. Looking to go for it. This is wild and didn't get into this nearly enough coming off Duke. Notre Dame is looking to go for its 31st yeah. straight win in the regular season against the ACC. I know it has been infinitely frustrating for that confidence having Notre Dame have its cake and eat it too, but that's really got to tick people off here. So how do you see this one, Dad? Sam Hartman and company escape in Durham last week with a win over Duke in a fashion that no one really expected and now go on the road and against Jeff Brom in a game that has a lot of familiarity. Yeah, you you look at the, the familiarity. How about last year uh, when Sam Hartman was at Wake Forest, three interceptions against yeah. Louisville, two return for touchdowns. Sam hasn't thrown an interception this year and he's now set the record. He taught Jimmy Clausen's run uh, of, well, this was a while ago, uh, a few touchdowns ago, uh, nine without an, before an interception. Uh, I mean, Sam Hartman has been having an incredible year, not turning the ball over. And this is a team that did. He did turn the ball over to last year, uh, including the touchdowns, as I mentioned. So very interesting. I don't see Sam making those mistakes. That was with Wake Forest. <laughs> Different team here with the offense of Notre Dame that is still led by the running game of that incredible running back room that they have. This tight end has been incredible. Evans for Notre Dame since coming back from injury. So I don't see those issues for Sam Hartman uh, that he had before. Notre Dame is a six-point favorite in this one. I see them absolutely covering this and getting the win. I do, too, and I look at all the familiarity in this game. We know, like you said, Louisville familiar with Sam Hartman, but on the other side, Marcus Freeman got here in 2021 when Notre Dame played Purdue, led by Jeff Brom and led by Jack Plummer, the quarterback that's going to be out there for Louisville. Notre Dame also played Cal last season where Jack Plummer was the quarterback, so they've got plenty of familiarity with the quarterback, plenty of familiarity with the scheme on this, and a defense that's used to this. I mean, Louisville came in this weekend, leads the ACC with 102 rush yards per game, but got absolutely stonewalled by NC State last week. I think that's a predictor. Notre Dame also, most importantly, getting healthy. Jaden Greathouse and Jaden Thomas, yeah, both wide receivers that right. missed last week, expected to be back this week along with tight end Eli Raritan. So I like Notre Dame to get the win in this one. They are healthy. They are familiar in this matchup. And I think incredibly motivated after escaping certain death of their college football playoff future this last weekend on the road. That kind of wake-up call amidst the stress. They keep rolling. Dad, the next game, and probably the biggest one of the weekend, Kentucky at Georgia. Uh, Georgia, 14.5-point favorite in this game against Kentucky, who's ranked for the first time this season this week. I'm going to be calling this game for Learfield Audio down in Athens between the hedges. This one, Dad, a fascinating strength on strength. Kentucky running back Ray Davis, the transfer from Vanderbilt, leads the SEC in rushing, one of the best running backs in football, coming off a career day, 280 yards against Florida, going up against the Georgia defense that right now statistically is better as a pass defense than they are a run defense. But I do not doubt the personnel there or Kirby Smart's ability to game yeah. plan around a Kentucky offense that right now is not as accomplished passing as they are rushing. And that could be a dangerous formula for this weekend. Yeah, Ray Davis is the guy to look at for Kentucky. You've already talked about that. Their running back who went off for 280 yards, four touchdowns against Florida, runs the ball incredibly well. And 
This is one I'm, I'm kind of waiting as well as I'm sure you are in calling the game with Barry and Brown and Tavian Robinson, the wide receivers for Kentucky, banged up at the end of the Florida game. Coach has been really vague about their availability. If one or both of those guys isn't available, while they're not the greatest passing team in the world, that is really going to hurt them. And for Georgia, we saw Brock Bowers save that game for them last week uh, without question with what he did. I do like Georgia in this. Georgia has not been playing the type of ball that we're used to seeing, but they're still undefeated. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the points in this one. Uh, Georgia's going to win, but I, I'm going to take – if it's 14 and a half. So I, I could see this being a two-touchdown game, me winning by the hook. You look at Georgia through SEC play so far against South Carolina and Auburn. Slow starts, a yep. halftime deficit yep. against South or against South Carolina, uh, a half to, or a deficit going into the fourth quarter against Auburn that they right. had to rally from here. They've been able to find their way through tough situations, and they deserve credit for that. But this offense under Mike Bobo this year, as he's taken over with Carson Beck at the helm, has been banged up a lot. A, 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 up front along the offensive line with the Darius Mims out now and at the running back room and really forced them to get some pieces in different spots here so far and make it work. Uh, it's going to be an exciting game here. I do think on Kentucky side, really strong defense. We're used to that under Mark Stoops. It's going to come down to Devin Leary, their transfer veteran quarterback right, from NC right. State, who so far through the season has thrown five interceptions. That was as many as he threw during his best season and his last healthy season in 2021 overall with the Wolfpack here. But like you said, if that receiver room's compromised, could be very interesting, very excited to call that one. Won't make the pick because of it. Dad, we got Red River this weekend yes. too. The last installment of Red River in the Big 12, they're getting ready to both make their move to the SEC, the 119th edition of this game. Dad, Texas at number three, a five-point favorite in this game, and this feels like one where this was the juncture of the season last year where Oklahoma started to hit their slide. They started off hot similarly last year. They lost in dramatic fashion, a bang-up fashion, to Kansas State at home, and then Dylan Gabriel, who's at the helm for them now, was injured and out for a 49-point route last oh. year against Texas. So how do you see this one going? And you say 49-point route, 49 to nothing. I mean, it was an absolute destruction that went on. So I, I think stats fool this one a little bit for you is Oklahoma is one of the better defenses around, but they haven't played a top 40 offense yet. They lead the nation with 10 interception. Now, yours is only throwing one for Texas. I think Texas is a much better team in all honesty. Uh, this is a five-point game. I, I think Texas wins by double digits in this one. I, I just think they're on a roll right now. They're playing uh, very, very well. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, three consecutive 100-yard games. I see that continuing again against Oklahoma. So I don't see this as close as the spread. I'll go Texas, and I'll give you the points. I actually kind of feel the same way. I don't think it's going to be a route like last year necessarily. No, no, no. But right, this right. Texas team is just so different in the trenches this season. We know about the offense and what they're able to do with Sark, but defensively, Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, they've got they've got dudes that are throwing their weight around in the trenches for what feels like the first time in a while there meaningfully. I think that goes a long way in this one. Jonathan Brooks, Texas is running back too, is a great compliment to all the big plays they want to have in the passing game there. I'm also pumped the schematic matchup. Steve Sarkeesian calling offense against 
um, Brent Venables on defense, two of the best schematic coaches in college football getting ready to go this weekend. And the last one real quick here, Dad. Yeah. I mean, it feels weird that we're throwing this game <laughs> off to the side. Texas at uh, Alabama at Texas A&M this weekend. Bama, a one-and-a-half-point favorite, walking into a game where, very quietly, Dad, back in sole possession first place in the SEC West and have a real shot to continue their march to Atlanta if they can get through this game. Texas A&M, top-rated defense uh, in the SEC, allowing just 96 yards rushing a game, averaging four sacks a game. And this is, and Alabama's going to have to make their living running the ball, right? I mean, that, that's what they're doing. They don't have a passing quarterback. They've tried all three, and none of them can pass the ball worth a whole lot, so they're going to be running it. Uh, and A&M does a good job of stopping the run. All that being said, I, I'm, it's, it's a one-and-a-half-point spread here. Uh, I just I just trust Alabama more, even though it's not been a big year for them at, at yet. I trust them more than I trust Texas A&M. So I'm going Bama, and I'm definitely giving the points. Yeah, Max Johnson, by the way, taking over as Connor Wegman got injured a couple of games ago. And so that obviously a factor in this. Some whispers floating around about this game as it concerns to the line that we won't play credence to here. Bama started slow, but I think they're starting to figure out yeah. a little bit more of their identity now on that ground game. Big run for Jalen Milrow in this yep. last outing that I think is indicative of things to come. I'm not going to be surprised. I think Alabama is going to find a way to win the West. And this is a team now with one loss out of conference early in the season that if Alabama and this defensive-led team with a ground game that maybe starts to come online a little bit more, all of a sudden still going to be a live dog in the hunt as the season goes along as we left them for dead. Nick Saban can never count him out as <laughs> nope. Michael Myers' music starts playing in the background here. We should all be very, very afraid. Coming up next... Let's talk to one of the Good Vibes Texans. Shaq Griffin going to join us here from Houston Squad next on Gojo and Golik. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, back here on Gojo and Golik, where don't look now or do, but this Texans team is pretty good, and its defense is a big reason why. Actually, a one-and-a-half-point underdog on the road at Atlanta. This Houston's defense allowing a total of just 23 points total over the last two games, so they're in good shape ahead of a throwdown here against the Falcons, whose quarterback, Desmond Ritter, is a mistake-riddled machine at the moment. We're talking a top-10 defense in terms of passing yards allowed. A key member 
of that Houston secondary is Shaq Griffin feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good about the shape this team is in. And he caught up with the guys earlier this week. We have talked a lot about the Good Vibes Texans on this program, so that makes me even more excited to welcome in Houston Texans veteran corner Shaq Griffin. Shaq, thanks for joining us today, man. How you doing? I'm oh, doing good. I appreciate you guys having me. And Shaq, with how your guys' season has started off, I know you weren't here for the bad times before leading up to this year with this new regime. What's the energy like around Houston right now with all the renewed hope around this Texans team? Oh, man, uh, the energy, I feel like the energy is a whole bunch of guys just buying in. I feel like everybody's on the same page and want to turn things around, and, you know, and it's easy to get a couple guys just to say it. You know, you got your couple leaders, your couple captains who say, oh, yeah, we know we want to get the organization turned around, but everybody is buying in from the guys that, you know, on practice squad to the guys that's on the roster. You know, everybody is playing their part to do whatever it takes to get this organization back to where we wanted to be at. So, you know, it's awesome to see everybody buy in without even having to continue to relate a message every single day everybody just gets it you know you dealt with other coaches in seattle and jacksonville tell us about D'Amico ryan's energy and what he's brought to the team man it's a it's a person uh he's a coach that understands the game you know and i think that's the best part about it you know a person that's been through it the person don't seem uh a little bit of everything you know and uh when it comes to adversity in every situation that you could be in a person who understands everything that a player could be going through or could see you know i feel like that's the awesome part about it and, you know uh and after being under a uh, system like pete carroll you know to come here you know he's definitely a player's coach you know it's a person who want to take care of his players because you know if he take care of the player them players them same guys are going to run through a brick wall for him you know and i kind of see those similarities and you know, be able to bring that and have that experience of being in the league before, you know, his energy is contagious. And I can see why, you know, he played as long as he did, you know, to be the captain that he was, you know, when he played this game, it shows, you know, and I feel like he carrying over into his coaching and everybody is following his league. And it's awesome to see that. Do you remember that first moment where it sank in, whether it was on the field or in meetings when you realized this is how it's going to be with him as a head coach? Oh man, that 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 thing that happened first meet when I first got there. Uh, I actually remember, uh, you know, just coming here on the visit before I actually signed. And, you know, the type of conversation that we had, I was already bought into before I even signed here. You know, uh, I was telling him, you know, I'm a type of guy now in my years where I don't need to be motivated. I, I just want to win, you know. And I feel like that's the part that he wanted. He needed everybody to feel like. So you know, we was already on the same page, and he already was bringing that energy before. You know, you talk about OTAs before camp and all this. This is the energy he was bringing along from the beginning since he stepped through these doors and you know and that's all it was and now that everybody is seeing that and buying into it whatever it takes we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure we win you know and everybody is following that message he's been preaching that from the time he walked through these doors are you came to this team as a vet the team is starting a rookie quarterback usually that's going to come with some growing pains talk about when you first got there your thoughts about a rookie at the helm and how you feel about his success now yeah, well, it wasn't my first time. You know, um, when I first signed to Jacksonville, we you know right. Trevor Lawrence was our rookie quarterback. You know, he definitely had some growing pains, and he becoming a phenomenal quarterback. And to come here to see to have another rookie quarterback and to surpass those little rookie walls or whatever people want to call them, for him to get past that so early on, for him to catch on to what's going on in this league so fast, you can see the type of maturity and the type of mental aspect that he has that he brings to this game because he catch on so fast. It doesn't take him long. If he feel like he made one mistake, that mistake won't happen again. You know, you get a rookie, you might give him a couple, you know, maybe two or three times to make that same mistake. You know, those are growing pains. But for a guy to pick it up early on and hopefully that same mistake happens in practice because if it happened in practice, 
it's not going to happen in the game. And I love that part because he pick up, he grabs his game so quick. And to be so young, you don't get that that maturity, that mentality out of rookie so early. But like I said, man, this guy is someone who came in. He knew the pressure was already on him. He had to be the guy that we need him to be. And he's standing on that. He's been the exact guy he's supposed to be when he came into this league getting drafted here. He's our guy. And he knows that. He's uh taking it upon himself and he's walking in that step. He's walking that way. So, you know, this this man maturity level is is through the roof. All right, you mentioned practice. You got to see him in practice before anybody else. So for you on the field, what stood out in OTAs and training camp where you realized, oh, we might have something with this guy? Man, his com his competitiveness. I feel like a person who can stay poised in any situation, you know, we in practice, you know, when they get camp. Camp get a little get a little bumpy there, you know. Uh, you know, I might be talking trash, you might be talking trash, but you know, once you get to that point where you know someone got something to say, even if it's Jalen Petrie, I remember they was going at it uh, one day in practice, and you know, I uh, see Jalen Petrie say something and he's saying something bad, and then he throw a pass, he completed a pass, Jalen Petrie, I come back, try to break up a pass, and this is someone who's you know what, I'm not backing down from no one. And, you know, when you got a quarterback like that, I'll follow that guy. I feel like any receiver, I'll follow that guy. <laughs> you know, a person who's going to compete, you know, he's not he's not going to shy away or, or fear away from anything. Oh, I can go to battle with him any day. And he showed that early on in camp. And uh, I knew we had someone special. When you, if, at the end of the day, you just want somebody who's ready to compete. And he showed that in camp way before the season. So I knew we had something special with him. All right, Jack, for you, a guy who's been around for a few years, when a player leaves a team like you did, left, uh, Seattle, and then left Jacksonville, whether it's on good terms or not, there's always something to playing that team again. So for you personally, what was your thought going into that game against Jacksonville? Oh, man, I definitely want to show them guys something, but I also felt like it was a situation where I had to show myself. You know, uh, coming through a uh, back surgery, you know, them them five to six months was different for me. You know, I had to get myself back into a, a space where I know for a fact I can play this game again. And, you know, so personally, that game was mainly for me. But it's also be able to sh show those guys that I tried to tell you guys that I still can be the guy y'all needed me to be. So in that situation, that's the part I was showing them. But it's also a message to say I still can play this game. I can have the confidence to go guard and, you know, and, and take away anybody who they put on this field. So that was a thing personally for me. But uh, it was definitely more icing on the cake to get a chance to do it against my own team. You know, you talk about first start back after a bad surgery to go against Jacksonville. It was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, but I got nothing but love and respect for those guys in that building. I remember after the game, man, you know, uh, after a loss, you know, you tend to kind of head run to the locker room. I was chasing them after. I said, y'all better give me a hug or something. I, uh, I need a hug or something. You know, you know, it's always uh, it's always love over there. And them guys know that. And, you know, when we on that field, we, we're here to compete and they all get that and we all get us a business part of it. But, um, that game was uh, mainly for my confidence, understanding that I still can play at a high level like I used to after this back surgery and also show the team that I tried to tell you first. But, uh, you know, Texans, the one that showed me love, they brought me in open arms. You say, you know what? I believe in you. So you should believe in yourself. And they gave me that. They gave me that opportunity to be able to show that and showcase that self for me. So that was awesome. And we know with the injuries in your DB room now, they're going to continue to need even more from you on the field. With that being said, you guys got the Falcons this week, Bijan Robinson, all those first-round draft picks in the offensive skill room. What do you see when you cut on the tape of this football team getting ready for this week? Man, uh, that dynamic run game, you know, I feel like that's the main message right now in our room where we got to stop this guy or oh, they drafted early on. You know, this running back is doing some really special things. So that's the person we got to get after first. You know, uh, when it comes to everybody else around them, you know, we got to make those guys maybe want to throw the ball, 
put it in the quarterback hands, make them try to go win it against us. You know, so that first first thing first, that stop the run. You know, if they got a pass, you know, we got a great uh back in a DB room who's ready to compete. So we can stop this run game, make them pass it. We got y'all back. <laughs> Let's stop this run first. And whenever they're ready to pass, we'll be ready for them. So, you know, it's one step at a time. You know, we got to stop this dynamic running back. He's a good back, young, he's fast. He's, he make his cuts at full speed, and we understand that. So uh, main thing is we got to get him down early, get him down fast and consistently, and get that guy to start passing that ball and put the game in his hands. It's going to be incredible. We're looking forward to it, and we're looking forward to more Texans football, which is nice to be able to say after the last few years around this team. Shaq, thanks so much. Best of luck, and hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon, man. Most definitely. I appreciate you guys again. Thank you. Thanks, Shaq. Yes, sir. Shaq Griffin, a uh, product of UCF, would be a great road trip partner, right? But let's say you're behind the wheel. You have an annoying passenger. Maybe you just want a seatbelt choke the guy. Well, Karjitsu is for you. I know you have questions. We have answers. We'll deliver all of them to you coming up in this, that, and a third. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Emerson Latzia. Thank you to our guests from today, Shaq Griffin from the Houston Texans, Chase Daniel, former NFL quarterback. If you missed any of it, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us that five-star rating. Check us out here on DraftKings YouTube channel, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV Plus, and more, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, and wherever you get your podcasts. But let's finish it off with this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off into the weekend. And, Dad, let's start with some good news here for North Carolina, an end to the saga surrounding UNC wide receiver Tez Walker came yesterday when it was announced he will in fact be eligible to play in 2023 season. According to the NCAA, after new information emerged that school officials failed to previously provide. Now, North Carolina Athletic Director Bubba Cunningham says that that's bold, said that they provided all the necessary information there. Uh, but, Dad, now the former transfer from Kent State, who originally started off his career in North Carolina Central but never played there because of the pandemic and who was expected to be the best wide receiver on this North Carolina team, now back and ready to go for a team that's still undefeated and looking out at a potential ACC championship on the line. Listen, this is a joke by the NCAA. I, I'm I'm happy for Tez Walker, but they cost him six games because of their idiocy. I, I, I and we've heard that that new information came out as you mentioned. Bubba Cunningham said that's not true. All the information was provided, so I don't know what turned the switch for the NCAA. All I know is this decision should have been made that he could play at the beginning of the season or earlier, uh, and, and and not six games in. So I'm extremely happy that he's able to play. But it just, again, says what a joke the NCAA is and what, as we talked about yesterday, now they're illegal to take a, the recruit to take a picture in uniform. Who gives a damn? I mean, seriously, you, you are, you are, you're judging things on, on the most stupid 
basing your thing on the most stupid things out there. I, I don't understand it at all of what, what you're trying to accomplish with this. This one really angered me, and I can't rant like Don LaGreca. Uh, but <laughs> while I'm very happy Tez is back, they cost him six games, and that's a joke. Yeah, the NCAA using this as an opportunity to take shots at UNC, saying that we're disappointed and UNC wanting to wage a public relations war over this. I would say if there was truly new information presented, it would have to be because North Carolina found out new information because there was no benefit or advantage to right. that side holding back info to have potentially gotten their top wide receiver and a kid that Matt Brown and company clearly seemed to love on the field sooner here this year. I'm always going to give the benefit of the doubt to anyone opposing the NCAA because the clown car of an organization that it is has shown no reason for me to believe in them. All that being said, still a great reminder. Any of you weirdos that were out here threatening NCAA officials when this all went on, yeah. you're exactly that. That's goofy yeah. behavior. We True. don't need to go that far on this, but glad that at least Tez Walker is going to get to compete this season now to go out there and catch passes from Drake May during his last season in college football. That's all a big win here. The NCAA still stinks and we can still make fun of them because they got shoved in a locker and because internet bullying in this case works, even though we don't support bullying on this show. No, we do not. Anyway. Bullying works in general, yes, whether it's online yes. or in person. Highly effective. Highly effective. <laughs> that being said, guys, we get to that. No bullying needed here as the nope. WNBA announced its intent to expand this upcoming uh, season, Emerson, and it looks like we're getting that expansion into the Bay Area yeah, going off baby. here, guys. Yeah, officially granting Golden State owner Joe Lockup and the Warriors an expansion franchise here. It's going to begin play in 2025, so the yet unnamed team here We'll play at Chase Center. We'll practice at the Warriors facility in Oakland. If all goes to plan, too, if all goes to Lockup's plan, they're going to be hoisting a trophy sooner rather than later because the man who is no stranger to making bold predictions, Junior, guaranteeing a title for this new WNBA team within the first five years. Wow. Yeah, he also he also went on to say that he thinks this is going to be the number one revenue team in the W right now. They are ready to put the full might of yeah. what they've built up there, Dad, because for Lakeup and Company, they're the most profitable team in the NBA right now, in large part because of their investment in the real estate around the Chase Center and everything they've built up that area to be. And so now, this is, I think, what people have been clamoring about with the W for a while is if you put the investment into the product the way that we've seen most recently through the most recent CBA, through the uh, renewed effort from sponsors and television partners, you've got incredibly compelling basketball. You've got the two super teams that we talked about this season. But more than anything, you've got a great story to tell in a league that's on an upward trajectory and we know this dad for investors and people looking to get in for a lot of these rich people around organizations and sports finding a league like this that's got so much positive momentum and so much potential for growth is an investment that i think a lot of people are really excited about right now well you capitalize right when things are going well that's when you capitalize and try and continue to, to keep going and that's what happened the wnba is is it a great product right now as you mentioned the two super teams playing in the finals right now so this this team will start i believe in 25 they said in the first five hours of the announcement they had 2,000 deposits for season ticket holders um so yeah it is on the upswing time to take advantage and continue to take advantage of it and we've been talking about expansion right because we've seen first rounders getting cut 
on rosters just because of space available and teams that the amount of teams that they had and knew there had to be an expansion to keep some of these players on the teams and keep uh, with the costs where they were. So this was an inevitable thing, and it's going to an area uh, that that they're very excited about and promises to be you know a money making venture. And Joe Lacob's a guy that's got familiarity with women's basketball, was one of the original owners in the uh, American Basketball League Mm -hmm. back uh, in the early 90s that was an original competitor with the WNBA and said the failure of that league was always one of his biggest regrets. And so now on the back end, gets to try and make good on his involvement with the women's game here. And we continue to see the W growing in ways that most people would tell you and people that have been fans of and promoting this league for a while was something they all could have seen coming. And Junior, his claim like may sound crazy like hey we're gonna win a title in the first five years but we've seen what he's done with Golden State and also the Storm winning a title in their first five years and then we've seen the dream get to two finals in their initial five seasons yeah listen so and, it's and doable across sports we've seen expansion teams be able to have success recently you look at the NHL yep. what the Vegas Golden right. Knights were able to do early on and so <laughs> With all the resources available, excited to see that this is getting support. It sounds like the other expansion team is likely going to be in Portland, although that announcement hasn't been made fully yet. And so we'll wait to hear on that information. But guys, let's get to the third here. Oh, Oh boy. My Uh, God. I was unaware this was even a thing. I actually had seen highlights of this before. Yeah, that that doesn't shock me. That doesn't shock me. Karajitsu. Yeah. Like you, you, so, you're on your computer a lot throughout the day, so you probably yeah, I am, get to some weird places on the internet. So we've got the car jitsu quarterfinal round here, Dad. <laughs> a sport where two competitors are seated in the driver and passenger seat of a car, both buckled in with their seatbelt. Safety first. We love to see that. Once the match starts, both competitors have to unbuckle themselves and attempt to submit their opponent inside the vehicle. Each round lasts for three minutes. Both competitors are allowed to utilize any of the vehicle's interior to their advantage, including the seatbelts, steering wheel, window, all of this. And just like actual Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the competitors are rewarded for points by judges for taking advantageous positions, mounts while moving around the vehicle's interior and the winner is winner is ultimately declared to whichever competitor is victorious in two of those three rounds if both competitors win one round each the final four minute round takes place in the back seat Backseat driving, baby. How about this? I, I have this is not the type of wrestling in a car that we are accustomed to hearing about uh, that's for sure but it's interesting the start of it that to start they both have to buckle their seatbelts and the first move when the clock starts is both of them put their hands over the others where the seatbelt unlocks so they can't unlock their seatbelt. They want to stop each other from undoing their seatbelt. But you're seeing one guy use the seatbelt to try and choke out the other guy, goes in the back seat, wraps it around his neck, and starts to yank on that thing. I mean, these are things you see in action movies, right? When there's a fight in a car. Can we get a celebrity version of this with Jason yes. Statham where he's got to be the final boss of this? Car Jitsu against Jason Statham. Jason Statham seems to be the logical yes. conclusion. Or uh, I, I, he's the other dude, Liam Neeson, right? He's Liam, the real, well, I will find you. But, but 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 Statham has done this. We have the seen transporter. him do it in the car. So maybe they're basing Car Jitsu off of what he did in a movie. I have no idea because I don't know how long this has been around, but it is wild. You know, Can't wait to choke my dad out with a seatbelt the next ah, time we're in a car yeah. together. We hope if you enjoyed any of this, you'll download, subscribe, rate, review. Everybody, have a great weekend. Enjoy all the football. We'll talk to you again on Monday.